I mean, I, you know, I, I have a little bit of the shiny object syndrome, right? I, I, and it was kind of a progression. I went from, you know, the drop shipping to RA to some OA to wholesale. And then private label was the obvious next step. Um, and once, once I kind of thought I had wholesale down and again, I'm no expert at anything, but once I was making a consistent income off wholesale, I figured, um, it was time to take another course and learn a little bit about private label and diversify. Um, because I've had those, I had those brands, you know, take that income from me, you know, it, it, and, it, and, it, and it's tough. So I, I, I wanted to try to diversify my income a little bit um, and not be so reliant on another person's brand. I wanted to build, build my own. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Steven Peterson. I want to jump in and talk about two sponsors today, Seller Lab Scope. Uh, you've heard me say it, you know, and, and you know, you're probably sitting there saying, Steve, you say this every episode. I do uh, because I believe in the product. Um, yes, uh, Seller Labs is a sponsor of my show. Don't get that wrong. However, it's a sponsor of a product that I use. So I'm kind of lucky. They pay me, and yet I pay to use the product. And the reason I pay to use the product is because it allows me to um, get better listings, right? That's what you need to do. Right. If you're selling on Amazon, you need to understand keywords and you need to figure out what are the right keywords. Um, and sometimes it's, it's confusing as heck. Why does a certain keyword work a certain way? Well, the beauty of using scope is you can pull up your competitor who's really crushing it and see what keywords they're using. That's the lesson. And then you can find a similar one and pull them up and you're going to see a pattern. And then you do that pattern for yourself and you can get those same results if you get lucky and figure out what the keyword is for your product. So take some of the luck out of it and use scope. Um, again, go to sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, use the code momentum, save 50 bucks and try it and, and see if you can improve an existing listing. I think that's the best thing you can do is take one of your listings that's performing and then go and try to enhance it and see if you see an improvement. Give it, you know, 30 days or what have you. And if you see an improvement, then there's a clue that maybe you can see an improvement on all your listings. That's why I use uh, Scope. And I just think it's such a great product because I don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? There are much smarter people than I that have done a lot of other cool things to figure out what the keyword is and what people are searching for using a whole bunch of other techniques and then you get to take advantage of it and it's really inexpensive and again you're going to save 50 bucks so sellerlabs.com forward slash scope use the code momentum save 50 bucks second one is karen locker and i talk about her a lot um right now they're reconciling a shipment and uh they're sending me notes steve you have to send in receipts because that's one of the big hassles now i've got to send receipts to prove that i bought this stuff so i can get my you know reimbursement and her team is all over me like steve this is your third request that's the kind of service sometimes I need. I've been traveling these last few weeks extensively. I kind of need somebody else. Yes, I could have somebody sitting in my office doing it, but that would be a full-time employee, and we don't want any full-time employees. Um, just my wife, my son, and I. And so anyway, um, that's why I have members of my team in different areas, and I don't want to have to manage them. You know, I know Karen uses some VAs, but I don't want to have to manage that team. And so she does that, and her team does that. She's got team leaders and stuff, and they've been doing it for me for me and my wife for, I don't know, two or three years. And we've been very, very pleased because the money they save me, the refunds they get me, the reimbursements they get me, the fixes when I'm on the road and, hey, this isn't you know correct and they can fix it. Or I have a question. That depth of knowledge that I get uh, from Karen because of her experience is so worth the price. So it is um, solutions for e-commerce. So the, the word solutions, the number four e-commerce dot com forward slash momentum okay so use that code solutions for ecommerce dot com forward slash momentum it's going to save you fifty dollars and fifty dollars a month is a, is a lot of money and what's really cool is she's going to do that inventory health report that i talk about if you've not done one you should you know i mean you're getting a clue every week when they tell you your inventory health report but if you want to dig deeper and again if you don't want to do the work that's the beauty she's going to send you a spreadsheet and then you can parse it and slice and dice and then send it back saying hey kill this stuff refund this donate this blah 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 that's what i do and i don't have to go through and do the work and you know it's just important to have a person on your team you can trust and again i've been paying for the service for two and a half three years i have to ask her how long it's been and I'm very, very pleased. Uh, would think of no one else to be on our team 
but Karen and her team because of what they've done. I look for consistency over time. You've heard me say that, and I've gotten it from Karen. So solutions, the number four, ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save the 50 bucks. Get your inventory health report. Get 2019 in order and start this new year off right. It's going to be a great one. Welcome, Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 372, Sean Um One of the coolest stories I mean, it's just the way it flows, the way his his trek has flown through the e-commerce world, starting in dropshipping, which I didn't know about, um, evolving into wholesale or RA, then into wholesale and into private label and back into wholesale with a private label approach, I think is so powerful. His ex- explanation of why building someone else's brand, I think, is probably one of the strongest because I, I get asked that question a lot. Well, I don't want to build somebody else's brand. Well, I mean, his diversification explanation, I think, is a really solid one. And what he can do for that brand, but he's not building, you know, a, a, somebody else's brand along with 100 other sellers. He's walking past those customers. And I think that's the distinction. And I just think he does a great job explaining it. Phenomenal, phenomenal seller. Um, and I'm lucky to call him a friend. Let's get into the podcast. And welcome back to the e-commerce Moment podcast. I'm very excited about today's guest. Um, good friend, um, smart guy who I've seen evolve, and we're going to talk about that evolution, um, which I didn't know about dropshipping. This is really going to be interesting to hear all the way through to what he's doing in private label and wholesale. I mean, just phenomenal. Sean Eumanchek. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I mean, you know, I've been listening for a little over three years now, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to actually be on the podcast. Um, and it your life is why you couldn't get on before. You're, <laughs> you've, you've got lots of moving pieces, although a lot of them have stopped moving, which is very exciting, um, and we'll talk about her. Um, but, but to me, I think watching you evolve, and I think that's the best term to use, wouldn't you say, for your experience with e-commerce? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I think that's a perfect way to put it. From well, where I started to where I am now, it's, uh, it's totally changed in the last couple of years. Well, yeah, let's go back because uh, you, which I didn't know that you started in drop shipping. How, how did you even find out about drop shipping? Uh, so a, a local, a friend of mine's cousin, actually. Um, <laughs> My next door neighbor's brother-in-law, sister knew somebody who, no, go ahead. Well, his, his background is like internet marketing. So he, I'd see him at bars. He'd always hand me a business card. Hey, I got this opportunity. This oh, and, that. Boy. and I kind of was always, I'd, I'd go home, I'd Google it, and I'd be like, all right, that seems a little, there's all these uh, warnings on Google, you know, so you stay away from those. And then I seen him posting his Amazon sales numbers a couple years later, um, and I'm like, what are you selling? How, what's $40,000 in sales? That sounds pretty pretty serious to me. So I asked him about it, and uh, he, he got me introduced to dropship domination, uh, which is very, <laughs> very controversial in, uh, in like the Amazon, in the Amazon space. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful for it because it got me, it got me my start and introduced me to e-commerce. And this was years ago. Yes, this was like the middle of 2015. Um, okay, is when I first kind of started dabbling with drop shipping on eBay, and it was actually um, I was sourcing products on Amazon to sell on eBay. And so let me make sure I understand this concept because I, I think I do. So especially back then, um, but you could uh, somebody you would use the DS domination software, and uh, it would. It would scrape Amazon in some way, and it would find a product, and then it would you'd, it would create a listing on eBay or somehow all not that happened. Not even. Okay. DSM was basically, um, I mean, it was like it was a training program. They would train you. You pay twenty dollars a month. They train you how to drop ship on eBay. You pay fifty dollars um, or a hundred dollars. They teach you how to drop ship on Amazon. How just how to create an account and the basics of it. Um, and then there were some Facebook groups that you got access to, but it was a very low level training. And then if you paid like, I think they had a $1,500 program that would teach you the basics of private label. Now I never got that far because I was, you know, I was, I, I was still working and I, I was just trying to dabble a little bit in e-commerce and get my feet wet. Um, so through them, I only, I started drop shipping on eBay and then, um, well, how did you do that? So walk us through that. Did you uh, create stuff yourself? I mean, it was at one-on-one and then when it sold, you had to manually go in. You didn't use the softwares. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was going through, I mean, like I said, this was, I had no, I I had no idea what I was getting into, Steve. I had no idea, uh, that people 
were buying things from retail stores and selling them on eBay mm-hmm. and Amazon. I mean, this was a whole new concept to me. Um, so I was probably, a, you know, a little late into the game of drop shipping on eBay for sure. Um, but it, it showed me how, you know, it showed me how e-commerce worked. Um, so I had to go in and create the listings myself. And then when someone on eBay, to- so, so, so let's just say Steve's water bottle. So you would, you, you saw this item on Amazon and you wanted to put it on eBay. How, what, what made you choose Steve's water bottle? Maybe that's part of the, the psyche that they taught you. There was, there wasn't much rhyme or reason to be honest. Steve. It was kind of, um, I was, I was in the sports, so I started listing, uh, some grill covers and, uh, fire pits, fire pits actually sold pretty well. I was making like 15 bucks a fire pit. And oh, because something. they're big and oversized and that kind of makes sense. I mean, I, I yeah. see the value there. So, so, okay. So that might be something they were suggested is, so you're going for unique, big oversized. You would find a listing on Amazon for a fire pit and then you would, all right, Sean, did you steal Listen. their photos? Did you oh, use? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, you're coming photos, clean. Title. No, not the title because I would, I would uh, stuff some extra keywords in there. But yeah, the description, everything. It was, um, yeah, it, it was about as, as low level as you can imagine. I was doing everything wrong. All right. So then you would set the handling time for a longer length of time to allow the purchase from Amazon. Is that yeah, kind of? Uh, yeah, it was like three to five days. I think okay. I would set the handling time. Um, they gave you, they, you know, they gave you, DS Domination gave you all that information on how to set everything up um, okay. so you wouldn't get caught with the shipping times and things like that. But it was difficult managing the inventory, that's for sure. So you um, would then, so they, uh, so uh, uh, Bill comes along and buys the, on, on, on eBay, excuse me, buys mm-hmm. the grill at a higher price than what it's priced on Amazon, of course. So they buy the grill for, uh, for 100 bucks. What's cool is you immediately get the hundred dollars less the fees. Well, right, no, not right. uh, just the PayPal fees actually, because right, uh, eBay right. bills you later. So you immediately got a hundred dollars of cash in your in your bank account or in yes. your PayPal account. And yes. so then you would go on Amazon and buy it. And were you one of the guys that say, "Hey, please do not. Inc- this is a gift or some nonsense that everybody puts in there." Of course. Okay. So this is a gift. Blah blah blah. And so back then, you could also get Amazon to give a un Amazon box, right? Yes. Yeah, I believe. Um, yeah, I, I believe if you put that it was a gift. I think if you put the gift wrap option, then they would not uh, include Amazon packaging. Okay. But so it really you, didn't matter, to be honest. I, I was. We weren't. I wasn't worried about it. Um, okay, you didn't care because what the customer didn't care. They got the grill they wanted at the price they wanted. They would be like, oh, they used Amazon think, to deliver. Who who knew? Occasionally, occasionally, just like uh, Amazon dropshippers deal with, occasionally a customer will see an invoice or they'll say, hey, this look, this is from Walmart. Um, you know, why did I pay twenty five dollars more? You just refund the, the difference. You say, you know, make up your excuse. I, I my supplier ran out and I needed to. I wanted to fulfill your order. I didn't want to not fulfill your order, so we ordered it from Walmart. You know, you just make up your excuse and refund them the difference. Make them happy, and you know, and they don't complain. Okay. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you explaining it because I, I, I don't think I understood. Now, today, to be fair, there is software that does all that stuff. I was just with Fred McKinney. We were talking about that uh, last week yeah. I was with him. And there is software that does 100% of that stuff. You don't even have to get involved. And, yeah, and there hit- was some softwares back then. It was just, you know, like I said, I, I one, I wasn't going to invest in them because I, I, and I didn't understand, understand how they worked. Um, I, you know, I was, like I said, I was just getting my feet wet in e-commerce. I had no idea. Um, I hadn't even owned a computer in uh, probably like eight years uh, when I started this business. I, I bought it in a laptop specifically for, uh, you know, to, to start drop shipping on eBay. Well, you know, though, I'll sit back and say this is you got value from it. I mean, you know, that oh. course, you know, we can say what we want about drop shipping, but to be fair, I'm you, yeah, you got an education, didn't you? Oh, of course. And like I said, it, it, um, I started drop shipping on Amazon, and I it, it it made me realize the power of e-commerce. I mean, I when I had my first uh, I, when you first when you first make your Amazon account, if you don't send an FBA, then you're not able to get the buy box. Um, they put you on like a 90 day probationary period, where if you're merchant fulfilling items, you don't get the buy box no matter what. So the only competitive advantage I have was lowering my price. Um, but as soon as I got that buy box eligibility. A couple of my products, I sold like 15 that first day. And I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? It, it, it blew my mind. I had no idea that things were selling at that rate. And it was just like from right there, it was like 
I just got a, it, it, it gave me a spark and I just, I knew that this was something that I could do. You know, I knew if I could find one or two products, then I could find three or four or five or six and just build it from there. Well, you think about, you know, the stores in your town, there is no chance that there's a store in your town selling 15 products a day. I don't care what kind of store it is, right? I mean, other than a Walmart, any of those scale, but all the smaller stores, uh, stores, right? None of these products, none of these locations sell 15 of the same product a day, none of them. And they have to carry hundreds of SKUs, sometimes thousands of SKUs, depending on the size of the store. So you, you got a taste of that. Was, what was it? Uh, because this was a side hustle, correct? Because you were still working. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was delivering pizza and Chinese food. I had been doing that for the last, the last three and a half, four years almost. So I was going to ask, you know, what was the goal of, uh, you know, that? Obviously, it's to get out of that, right? Is that what you were thinking? Is that what you were? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't miserable doing what I was doing. I was making. Uh, I you mean, ate I was, well. <laughs> I was making eight hundred dollars plus cash a week. I mean, I was working fifty hours a week. Um, so I was driving a lot and I, I, I got held up at one point, um, oh, delivering. So there were definitely like some down, you know, some downfalls to delivering. There were you know bad nights, but on average I was bringing home a very good paid, you know, cash every week. Um, but I knew it wasn't something that I was going to do forever. It was kind of, um, I'm making good money and I always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug. Um, I just kind of was biding my time until the right opportunity arose and, you know, Amazon came along, essentially. When you think back to those days, and this is going to sound a little uh, uh, wishy-washy for some people, but do you feel like you were led there in any way? Because, it, it, because like you said, you were biding your time. You were waiting for that opportunity, right? You were waiting for something, like the things to align. I mean, does it feel like it happened for you that way? Um, I would say yes, but I think it happens that way for, for most people if, you, if you're patient and if you keep your eyes open on I mean, there were, there were, you know, there were other opportunities that I had that I, that I could jobs, good jobs that I could have taken that I turned down, um, because I, I've always wanted to be able to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Like that is, that is my goal for this business. It's, it's not necessarily to be a millionaire. It's not necessarily to make $300,000 a year. Um, I want to be able to live by my means, um, you know, comfortably and, and, on my terms, I, I don't mind that. Like I've, I've essentially created myself a job with this business. Um, well, that's a negative, right? That's what people say. Well, oh, be, people show and be careful. You're going to create sure, yourself most, a job. That's what most people think. And um, to me, if you have employees where you have to be at a warehouse to check in on and all that responsibility, that that responsibility to me is more of a job than uh, than me packing and shipping and helping. You know, I have a part time employee that does a lot of my shipping, but. I still do at least 25% of my, my packing and shipping. And I don't have a problem with it, honestly. Um, like it, Andy, it, Andy yeah. always says, that humbles him. It can puts him back in. He makes him stay connected to his products because you do lose a connection sometimes. Sure. And I mean, I'm not the type of person that can sit behind a computer for eight or 10 hours at a time and, and, and just work and, and get things done behind a computer. I, get, uh, I, I just get stir-crazy. Um, so it's good for me to – I work a couple hours a day on the computer um, – I don't do packing and shipping every day, but you know, I don't, I really don't mind doing it. And it's just, it's just, like I said, it's, it's, I've kind of created myself a job, but it's, it's a job that I like. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I can, you know, I'm my own boss. If I want to take off for a day or here and there, I, I, I can, if I want to go on vacation, I can, um, I send in some extra inventory, work a little harder for a week. And then I, you know, I, I have, I'm able to sustain it. You know, uh, I should qualify this. Sean is a customer of ours in our warehouse. Uh, Sean has uh, private label products here and some wholesale products in our warehouse. And my wife has made this comment about you and Andy both, because um, I don't think people understand that Andy comes in, you know, once or twice a week, and he will pack out product. Oh, my God. When he says his back hurts, well, you've seen him. It's because... The freaking boxes he brings in are always 50 pounds. And I'm an old man and I got to carry these things and it kills me. Um, got to get them as close to 50 as possible. Steve. Yeah, I know, but it hurts. I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, I, I took a ton of them yesterday to UPS just to help him because we were getting a storm and I just wanted to, I, we could leave on the dock and UPS would have came and I'm like, no, I'm going to take them because I just don't want the weather to get on them, you know, but that's yeah. the relationship. But he, my wife says this a lot about you too, is that she appreciates when she sees you because you come up to our warehouse every so often and put labels on or do whatever um, because, you know, you, you get it. And so to say, to me, that's what 
again, that's that design life. That's the job that you like. That is rewarding for you in, in some way, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, and like I said, I, I don't want employees. Uh, I'm uh, Right now, I don't want right. employees. You know, things might change. Um, but right now, I don't, I don't want the responsibility of making sure someone has work every day, making sure that they're getting paid every week so that they can provide for their family. If I mean, I've, I've had awesome wholesale accounts where I'm making a couple hundred bucks a day on products and all of a sudden they decide they want to sell on Amazon themselves. Yeah. Thousands of dollars a month in, in income that you're, you know, you become dependent on, even if it's only for a couple of months, you're, you know, you become comfortable with it and you're used to it. You do things, you, you design your budget and, and things around that income and then it gets taken away out of nowhere. Um, it, I don't want that to happen and put myself in a position where, um, where I'm stuck or, um, you know, where I'm just, I don't want to put myself in that position where I have to make a decision like that or, well, you're developing a business, you're designing a business. And so by imagine that you have to design the business, you have that, but then you also have to manage employees where to, you know, how much effort does that take? Right. How much. And so outsourcing that to third party like us, it's not expensive. I mean, we don't charge enough. Um, and for you, uh, you, I imagine you sit back and say, you know, Hey, if I had to do it, we could do it cheaper. Of course you could. But then how many hours of your life do you, does that focus? And it doesn't give you the ability to build your business. That's, that's the thing I think people have to remember is that you're trying to build a business. Uh, and so you only have so much time. Where's your time best served? And some people it is running a warehouse because that's their lane. They're good at it. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, not everybody. I mean, we're in that same boat, you know, I mean, we have just very few clients. We always look for people who are not going to be, you know, difficult. We don't want to, I mean, I, I think our relationship's real strong, but it's, I don't want problems. I don't want your problems. You don't want my problems, right? You, right. you expect a service for the price we agreed upon and to happen. And hopefully we've always over delivered, um, until we can't. And then when we can't, then you would understand that's what and I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, mistakes get made, small things, you know, wrong things get shipped out once or twice. It's not, you know, it's not the end guilty. of the world. Guilty. I'm guilty. You refund the customer and, and you call it, you know, net, net. It, it, it's been, I mean, this relationship has been, oh my gosh, um, amazing for me. You know, you guys have done so much for me and, uh, you know, I'm ever grateful for it. Um, and I'm not pitching our, our service because, again, we really only want private label. We really don't want uh, anything else. Um, but if you ever have a question, then talk to Sean because he's a real live customer, and he will tell you the good and the bad. And there is bad, like you said, sometimes. Um, but hopefully the good more than outweighs it Of course. The I mean, there, there's, bad, there's bad at every warehouse. Yep. I mean, I've used other prep centers, and <laughs> I've had a much better experience with you. And you're, obviously you're not a prep center, and nope. you know they have – hundreds maybe hundreds of customers but uh it, it, it's there's problems everywhere no matter where you go you know what i mean you just have to accept them you have to deal with them i mean me i always say it is what it is if there's things you can't control and things happen you can't go back and change them you have to focus on how to deal with them focus on today what you can do today and to fix it and it's just it is what it is you, you move on I have learned because I've used prep centers and outsource too, is I think to myself, wait a second, I'm holding them to a standard that I don't hold myself to. When I make a mistake, it's like, oh man, I messed that up. Oh, darn. So wait, so I'm allowed to make a mistake. They're not? I mean, come on. Right. right? That's just not paying, reasonable. Because right. you're paying them. Yeah, my expectation. I expect perfection, Sean. Yeah, good luck. You have to temper your expectations and, and yeah. just yeah. understand that people are human. Mistakes get made. To trade off, I think there are some trade offs, and that's one of the things you give up. But again, you weren't perfect; you made mistakes, so therefore, you, that piece of it's really not a trade off. It's you know. So, all right, let's go on. So you uh, get started in that, and then how did you start? Uh, I guess you then went to RA. Is that really the next step? And while you were still um, yeah, delivering it was, food, uh, I was actually the first week in November, I believe. I, uh, I you know, I, I discovered. Amazon started making some sales, and I'm like, man, I need to get this buy box. Um, mm. And it, I noticed all the, you know, all the prime sellers obviously had the buy box. So I'm like, all right, let me do a little bit of RA, um, look around. So I went over to Boscov's and started scanning around. I think I think I read uh, Chris Green's Retail Arbitrage, um, and then went went over to Boscov's and started scanning. I bought a couple things, and um, I mean, sent them in the next day. They they sold as soon as they landed. So again, I, that was another little taste. It was a so, clue. 
Yeah, it was just like, wow, okay, I, all I have to do is just keep finding these products. Um, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm a learner. I don't, I don't like to, I mean, I, I do test things and, and, and um, try to discover things on my own, but if I know that someone has been there before and I know that they've done it the right way, then I will follow them. So I, I, I noticed, uh, I found Dan Metters and Eric Lambert. They, oh, I, took their, I have taken their wholesale formula course, but before that I took their source cell profit course, Ooh. which not, I, mean, I don't even think many people know about that, but, um, it is a, it was a retail arbitrage course that they put out and, um, took that, did retail arbitrage for a couple months. And after a couple months I realized, okay, I'm tired of going to, going to all these stores. If I could buy a hundred at a time, that would be the way to go. Um, so a couple months later, I took the wholesale formula and I've been doing wholesale ever since. And so when you, I mean, cause some people sit there and say, Hey, you know, courses, I think two grand and you know, they pay 50% commission. So, you know, it, they should just charge a thousand, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how it works. I mean, that's not the real world. They would, they would have to do a hundred percent of the marketing and they see the value of using others. However, you connected with those guys, correct? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. I mean, to there's, me, that's that's what I always tell people. That, that, yeah, there's, I don't know. I think I think I do think that's kind of um, maybe a gift I, I, that I was kind of born with. Just a sense of people. I I I know when people are genu- genuine, and I can see when people mean well, and if they're just selling snake oil. And those guys, um, they just came off so genuine, so down to earth, just regular guys. Um, so I, you know, I know it was a two hundred dollar course. It, it, let's be real, the source sell profit course wasn't a couple thousand dollars. Um, so I got to know them pretty well. Got to know them pretty well before um, before I spent a, a big chunk of money on their wholesale formula course. But like I said, just some some YouTube videos and a couple ads. Um, I did. I knew, I got to know them just through just through those couple minutes of video. I felt like I knew them, and they. I, I trusted them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. You've got to connect with the person that you want to, because you're spending your money. You know, I tell people, you know, and I don't hide this. I paid John Lee Dumas two grand to learn how to podcast. And why? Because I connected with him and I've met him in person and hung out with him and his girlfriend. They are great people. And that's why I spent the money. And that's, if you can connect with somebody, you should pay the money. He's worth it. You know what I mean? I, I credit him for advancing me all those challenges. Right. So uh, to me, I, I, I say that all the time is that, and I know some people, there are other people that can learn from just watching YouTube and figuring it out. I'm not that guy. I, or I'm, I'm more impatient that way. Um, sure. You're, I'd rather pay to learn what somebody else, what mistakes they made and try to avoid the same pitfalls. I, I mean, again, as long as you think that person is telling you the truth, then why wouldn't you you know, if you respect that person, why wouldn't you follow them and, and right, believe right. what they had to say and take their advice? Um, and I mean, there's sure they're making money while they're doing it, but there's something, um, I don't know to me, oh, there's so much on YouTube. It's a lot of noise. And yeah. if, you know, someone that put out, put, took the time to put together this course. Um, and it's it's just a I don't know it's a different feeling than just watching a, a couple of YouTube videos to me or trying to learn from YouTube it, it I I could never do it um it, the courses have been so worth it for me well and look at what it's done for you I mean you would say proof proof positive right it it right. gave you I mean did you feel when you were doing RA like you said you you did it and you had some did you feel legit back then like you had a business or is it when you became wholesale that you became legit. As I, I use that term in my wholesale podcast, and I and I don't mean a negative way because we we both know we have friends doing millions of dollars retail arbitrage, right? Right. And so right. I and I, I don't mean to downplay that um, because me either. But I, to me, yes, I felt like I was I felt like I was hustling. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say it. I, I I I always, you know, I was the kid that was selling candy in elementary school and burning CDs in high school and selling them and mixtapes and things like that. So I was always kind of selling things. And it, it felt like that. It was like that type of thing all over again when I was running from store to store and just sending it in. And, and it was it was fun, um, but it, it was tiring, you know. And, and when you go to stores and you find nothing, it was frustrating. But yeah, it, it did feel more like a hustle than than a business. And again, yeah, like you said, that is no no knock on anyone that does RA because um, anyone I respect so many guys that are doing RA. It's amazing. I wish I had I wish I had that. I just it's just not me. Um, okay, so then you go from 
you're now uh, wholesale. And uh, did you stop RA completely or did you still dabble in it for Q4? Um, for Q4 of 2016, I did, um, I did do a little bit of RA. I stopped for the, the full year. But you I couldn't get away, right? You, you, you saw those, you know, you saw somebody posting, oh, go to buy Legos, go buy this. Right, and then right. you're, you're in it, right? You're like, ooh. And then you get that rush back again. Did you lose the rush when you went to wholesale? Um, for a little while. Yes, it definitely, um, it definitely went away a little bit just because there's a lot of upfront work. Um, taking the course was a little bit overwhelming. Um, hmm. and like you said, in I, what I, way, what way was it overwhelming? Because I mean, I know they, they, they've refined it and I'm sure they've made it better, but I mean, outside of them, what was it overwhelming for you? I would say it, it's, it's, you have to have this website built. You have to you have to make yourself look like a legitimate business before okay. you are one. And like I said, I I felt as though it was more of a hustle, and um, I, I didn't feel like a real business when I was doing RA oh, and dropshipping. Imposter like syndrome. Was, you had the imposter having, syndrome. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of people that start off wholesale, um, I think they they feel that way. I see you know I, I see a wave of a uh, wave of new students come in the the wholesale formula group you know, twice a year. And every time people, they don't, they just don't realize how much work they have to put in. Um, and I mean, I didn't either, but you, you, and especially now, two years later, you can't just throw up a plain website and, um, and reach out to a couple companies and expect to be able to sell their product without providing real value to them and, and showing them that you, there's, you know, showing them some kind of proof that you're going to be able to help them. Um, brands are too smart now and you know, it's, it's, it's too, too difficult now. Um, but it it is, there's there's just a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of upfront work, but once you get that wholesale account, once you get a couple accounts, it is so worth it. I think it's important that you, you, what you just said, that brands, uh, are so much more sophisticated. We talk about the gift shows a lot. You and I, uh, go to the Philly gift show, um, Mm -hmm. have for the last few years and this is my experience. You tell me if it's different for you. In the old days, they would be like, "What's this Amazon? What do you mean you can you can put my products on Amazon?" They didn't had any clue. This was years ago, three, four, five years ago. Now, almost every brand is on Amazon, um, or they're unhappy the way they're represented on Amazon because somebody else brought them to Amazon. They never knew it. I mean, it was a guy I was talking to. He's like, oh, "We don't sell on Amazon." I'm like, "Yes, you do." He goes, "Who's selling that?" I'm like. I can't tell you. I have no idea, and you'll never know who it is either unless you go through all this legal nonsense. Um, it's a different conversation today. That's my experience. What's yours? Oh, oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it used to be it used to be different people. Brands were afraid of Amazon. Um, a lot of times, in my experience, they were they they didn't know. It was kind of the unknown. Um, and now they're afraid of it in a different way, um, whereas they're they're much more protective of their of their brand. Hmm. Um, but they're, I mean, they're much more knowledgeable, you know, uh, most of them, they want to have some kind of control. When, uh, when you have that conversation, so now that, is that changed the conversation when you're talking to potential wholesale customers, because you, you're, you, you understand their position. Like you say, they want to be in control in the past. They just wanted to sell their product, right? That was what they were trying to do. They're trying to survive because a lot of businesses are closing. So they're losing their customers. And so they're like, all right, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But now, like you say, I think that's a great way to describe it. They want control. Is that change the conversation or the approach to the conversation that you have? For me, not so much. Um, just because I always wanted to over deliver for them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will go to, you know, they'll go to the shows and, and buy a product and list it on Amazon and then it doesn't sell. Um, for me, like if the product was already on Amazon and, and not selling well, but there were already two other sellers on it, I'm not going to go for that product because I know the work that it's going to take to make it sell. And then these other sellers are just going to kind of reap the benefit unless I can talk to that brand and get some kind of um, either an exclusive or allow them to sell beh- beside me or limit the number of sellers, um, then it, it's, it's just not worth it. But the conversation for me has always been trying to explain Amazon to them, explain what I want to do on Amazon for their brand, how I, you know, how we can help them and improve their presence. Um, and, and it's always trying to then try to be, provide as much value as possible because I know 
the work that it takes to list products. And then when they start selling well, other sellers jump on and just they take yeah take the take the gravy and then ride it down to zero zero profits. And you know it's it, it's a lose lose for everybody. Um, so I you know after that situation happened a couple times when I first got into wholesale, uh, you know I stopped doing that. I don't I no longer take products from zero to doing well without some kind of um, like some kind of guarantee that it's going to continue to do well for me. So, so this, you know, it's kind of funny you're saying this in the past, you were dying to find wholesale accounts. I'm sure that was the whole, you know, that, I mean, I know Dan and Eric's model and that was what it was. Anything you do to get a wholesale account and then you, you know, just get volume and then some sell, some don't, and you, you know, narrow your focus. Now you're not willing to take on a customer or an account unless they're willing to help you help them is that i know it's kind of an awkward way to say it but that's that's fair right yes yeah i mean i will take on an account if it's profitable i will take it on and, and then if it becomes unprofitable then I'll, you know i'll drop it but generally yeah i want to i want to provide the value and i want them to limit the sellers and i want it to be ongoing i want it to be a long-lasting relationship um and at this point i mean honestly i don't really do much sourcing for wholesale um I have some sporting good brands and I've been recommended other products through oh, that's cool. The, you know, through other brands, through those brands. Did um, you initiate that? That's a, that's a really powerful statement. What you just said, Bec I mean, obviously you delivered, right? So therefore your reputation was solid with them. Did they initiate it or did you, I mean, do you go to them and say, Hey, uh, Bob, you know, I, hopefully I've been doing what you needed and more. You have any friends in the business that you could recommend? you know, that would be looking for similar services or do no, you let um, it just magically happen? No, it just kind of, no, it just kind of happened. Um, oh, that's cool. you know, we just, we, we did help one, one of the brands, um, find out who a couple unknown sellers were. They were, they were selling, the brand was selling a uh, wholesale to, um, a brick and mortar store who was distributing it to, to other Amazon sellers and they were undercut and map and, you know, it's a small company. Um, the woman had no idea she, she's the manufacturer only, only sells out of her fulfillment center. So she knows where the product is going, but she had no idea how this product was getting on Amazon, who these people were. So we were able to do some digging and, um, able to discover who they were, where they were originally getting the product. And I mean, she was so thankful. Um, I mean, it, it, it blew her away. You know what I mean? So a couple months later she was like, Oh, Hey, I was talking to, so-and-so from, um, this other, this other brand. And, um, they were mentioned, they were talking about Amazon and I told him that you, you've been taking everything off of our plate. We don't have to do anything. And it's been so wonderful. So he wants, he would like to speak with you. So, oh, all right. Like that's, that's, that's awesome. That's exactly, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what I want. You know what I mean? I want to be able to provide enough, so much value that these brands want to, want to tell me about, tell their friends about me. And, and, uh, that, that just makes it easy on me. Um, do you and, look for a certain dollar amount? I mean, when you're looking for a wholesale customer like that, I mean, cause it's effort, right? I mean, and, and I think this is a very, very accurate thing to think about is that it's going to take the same amount of effort to run, uh, you know, a minimum, no, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. It's going to take the same amount of minimum effort to have an account that brings you a hundred dollars a month as it does $10,000 a month. There's, there's something like if you're going to add value to the brand, you're going to do something with the pictures and the titles and this, and you're going to keep things going and run ads and blah, 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 blah. That's no matter what. Do you, do you look at it and say, okay, that's a potential thousand dollar a month profit, uh, wholesale account that's worth me going. I mean, have you gotten that far in your formula? Of, of course, but it's not, I mean, to me, it's not a set formula. Okay. It's, it's kind of a sliding scale. I, I weigh everything out in my head. Um, I mean, I might write, write things down pros and cons, but I weigh everything out in my head. How much prep it's going to take? How much storage is it going to take? How many do I have to order to get a quantity discount? Am I going? You know, can I send it all in Amazon, or do I have to store some here? Um, or your warehouse? Where's the shipping coming from? There, you know, there are so many different factors. Um, it, 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 every product is different, so I, I, I try to weigh them out individually. Um, you know, I have we have a couple products. Well, it's a, a line of products that we only make about two dollars a piece, but I mean, there are days when we'll sell over a hundred of them, you know, mm. and especially around Q4, it, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a create, it, it's insane. So to me, it, it's only a $2 product. Most people wouldn't, wouldn't take this product and throw it in a poly bag for $2 a piece, but at scale and when it only takes 10 cents, a piece, you know, 10 cents each unit or 10 seconds each unit, I'm sorry, 10 seconds to prep, 
you can do them so quickly. And, and to me, it's just, I, I weigh all that. Usually I wouldn't take a $2 profit product, but if it, again, if it's selling hundreds of times a month, I'll take it. Hmm. So you built out this wholesale business. Did you build it strong enough uh, to leave your job at that point? I mean, at what point did you leave your job? Oh, I stopped. Uh, yes, I stopped delivering pizza. It was like July of 2016. Um, so it was about seven months after I took the wholesale formula. Okay. Um, okay. I think at that point, I, I I think I did still have a couple. I was doing some shoes, actually. Um, I, I did start doing some retail arbitrage shoes for a couple months while I was like learning the wholesale formula and, and implementing getting those first couple wholesale accounts. I did do some, some shoes. Um, but I was pretty mostly wholesale from, from that point forward, that January of 2016 forward. And then I uh, was able to quit my job. I mean, I still live at home. Um, at that, so it was, I didn't need a ton of money. Um, but I knew, okay, I'm making, I think I was making maybe $500 profit a week at that point, which was nothing, you know, nothing crazy, but it was like, all right, I, it was I enough point. It's enough for me to live. And enough, if I spend the same time that I'm spending delivering, I spend that time on Amazon, then I knew it would, you know, it would compound and soon I would be, you know, I'd be above that. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's worked out very, I feel, I feel very blessed because I've definitely, you know, I've definitely had issues. Like I said, I've had some of my best wholesale accounts that just kind of were taken out from under me. Not, not that, um, I mean, sure there were things I probably could have done better. Um, but it was uncontrollable almost, or you feel like you have no control when that happens. Um, but overall, um, it's, this business has been, it's been awesome. So then you sit back and you say, okay, however, that, that when somebody cuts your legs out like that, cause that hurts, right? I mean, that, when, you know, you did the brand, right, you've done everything. And I always say this, this is my description. Somebody puts another zero on the check that I write them. <laughs> and so can you blame the brand for saying goodbye, Steve? I get it. You know, I understand that they're trying to survive, right, but, it, right. but it doesn't make it less painful. There's a, there's a, somebody at the gift show. I just saw him again. And every time I go there, I'm always like, yeah, we can't talk. And <laughs> you know, and it's like, uh, or there was another one that's like, Steve, just open a uh, retail storefront. You don't even have to open it. Just open a storefront and you can get my product. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's wrong. That's immoral. I'm not doing that. That wouldn't, that's not, I want to be able to live with myself. Right. But it still hurts. So what, is that what made you get into private label? Is that what? Yes. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely, that, you know, that what is... you saw? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I have a little bit of the shiny object syndrome, right? Ah. I, and it was kind of a progression. I went from, you know, the drop shipping to RA to some OA to wholesale, and then private label was the obvious next step. Um, and once once I kind of thought I had wholesale down, and again, I'm no expert at anything, but once I was making a consistent income off wholesale, I figured um, it was time to take another course and learn a little bit about private label and diversify um, because. I've had those, I had those brands, you know, take that income from me, you know, it, and, it, and, it, and it's tough. So I, I wanted to try to diversify my income a little bit um, and not be so reliant on another person's brand. I wanted to build, build my own thing. Did you, let's go back to this imposter syndrome. So here you are. I mean, would you say that Dan and Eric's course gave you the confidence to be able to move to that next level? I mean, is that fair? Yeah. I mean, because yeah, sure. it worked, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I, you can say what you want. That program works. Okay, what anybody says, that program works. And so it builds you up. And if you follow their course, not to a T, but if you, you make it you're a little bit your own. But if you do it, you do gain some legitimacy. And then all of a sudden, when you can say, I was, I was just with Fred McKinnon, um, who I mentioned earlier, big, he was a big dropshipper. And when he, he's like, Steve, when I go to a company and I say, I sold $65 million on Amazon, you get some attention. And that's a true number. That's not a made-up number that he can say. He gained legitimacy. There's value in that. So with private label, was that, did you run into the imposter syndrome or was it completely eliminated when you took it on? Um, no, I, I didn't have the imposter syndrome. I mean... Like you did though, but you get where I'm going. Is that when you went from OA or, or RA to wholesale, you had that. For sure. But the confidence to move from wholesale to private label, you didn't have it. I think that's important for people to hear that. I, I just, I, to me, it's so cool. I mean, it's just so cool that you got there. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm impressed with it. So, and to, to me, honestly, and this might go against like what a lot of people would say, or you know, they might disagree with me, but I think private label has made me 
I should have taken private label, the private label course first. Private label Ooh. has been so much better at wholesale than I could have, I could have dreamt. I mean, the the amount of being able to rank a product, um, listing creation, knowing all the details about images and infographics and advertising, all everything that goes into private label is insanely useful to brands for wholesale. Having all that knowledge is, I mean, it, it, you're adding, you add so many tools to your belt when you take a, a good private label course that you can bring to wholesale prospects. You sound like a genius that you, you're, these people, they don't understand Amazon very well. You, you throw out some, some private label terms about ranking their product and keyword rank. And, um, you know, they, they think, you know, they think you're some kind of wizard and it's just, I, I, I think private label is, uh, is, is very important. Uh, having, having that knowledge is very important, um, for wholesale. Definitely. It's, it's up to my game a hundred percent. It's funny, uh, a sponsor that I have is Seller Labs and I use scope, for example, we use scope for wholesale and scope is, you know, most people would say it was designed for private label, right? You know, with keywords and all that kind of, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Yes. But I mean, you can also use it for wholesale. I mean, you could actually use it for RA. If you could, if you, if you have the ability to update that listing, you could actually fix keywords and, and you raise all boats, right? So everybody else who's on that list also benefits. But to me, that's the beauty of these things the, they're so cross. If there's, let's say a hundred things to learn in this business, right? Let's just say there's a hundred unique things that you have to learn. Probably 20, 30, 40 of them are the same across whether you're doing drop shipping or you're doing private label. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And yeah. so if you master that in any one of those phases, you can apply that to the next one. And so your example of private label going backwards to wholesale, I think is smart too. I mean, I, I think it's exactly right. Yeah, like I like I said, there are, there are so many tools. I mean, just being able to rank a product and and learning how to launch a product, being able to launch a new product for a brand is, I mean, it's so valuable. They don't understand why they're they they list their products and they don't sell as well as their you know their existing products that are selling a hundred times a month. Um, and it's because they're they're on page eight for their keywords. They need you know and and they don't understand that. So if you can help uh, a wholesale company understand keyword rank, how Amazon works, um, launching products, you know, even if, even if you don't get the wholesale account, they will be so grateful for you. You know, they, well, it's a relationship. Next time you see them at a show and it worked, you are an inch taller in their eyes. Correct? Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I mean, it's just, even if they don't have a wholesale account, they might recommend you to a friend of theirs who is looking for someone to run, you know, run their Amazon store or something like that. It's, it's, it's always about providing the value, I think. And, and like I said, private label allows you to provide a ton more value in wholesale. I, I think, um, to me, it's very exciting what you just said, though. I think people have to hear that. Well, let's walk through. So when you're taking a wholesale account, let's give a little bit of a lesson. And you don't have to give any secret sauce of anybody's course. But let's take an approach. You're taking Steve's water bottle, right? You see this beautiful water bottle I use, for example, every time. Um, and you're like, Steve, I want to take your product. I see you're selling on Amazon. You're on page eight. I want to help you move forward, right? And so we make a handshake and say yes. What's the expectation you have from me as the brand? What, what's your, in your mind, what do you, and let's just say that, you know, I agree to do, I agree to listen to Sean. What's your expectation? The expectation is that they will limit their distribution to who we're familiar with and, you know, who we agree is going to sell the product. Like I said, if, it, if it's a new product launching from nothing, um, ideally you're going to get some kind of exclusive or co-exclusive maybe with one or two other sellers, ideally. Um, but I mean, that's really what you want to try to okay, do. Okay, so that and and images and and are you? I don't mind, I don't mind paying for images. Okay. I'll throw a little plug for Andy's image service. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Amazingfreedom dot com. Like a hundred slash photos. It is. Yeah, it's oh crazy. Gosh. And I've done that for a couple wholesale brands, literally for free. I just I pay Andy to do it. Don't tell you know, and then I just show up with the pictures. Say, hey, here I got these. Uh, I got these pictures with infographics and everything done. Um, let me, you know, this is your product. So you look over them. Let me know if you want to change anything. If the infographics are, you know, saying the right message because you want the brand to have control over their message, right? Um, 
make sure they're okay with it. And nine times out of 10, they might have a couple words they might, they might want switched or a saying that they don't want on there. And then, but they're so happy that you had, you went ahead and got that done. Um, especially, like I said, the brands that I work with are, um, I mean, they're more high price products, but they're, they're smaller brands. Uh, a lot of them are like single owner. Um, and like I said, it's sporting goods. So like their coaches and things like that. Um, so they're very small companies. Um, they, but they, their product provides a specific purpose. So they, you want to make, they want to make sure that it's uh, conveying the right message. But if you can just go ahead and improve their listing for them, I mean, that, that there are pictures that's going to, that, that brings a ton of value right there. Um, okay. So that's what you're going to do, right? So, so back to me again. So you're saying, Steve, really all I want you to do is, you know, give me access to your brand, uh, limit the number of people selling it and give me a chance to turn it around. Do you make a commitment of time that you think you can turn it around within a few months? I mean, or is that a mental thing in your head? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you expect to see results within a month. I mean, depending on, on what you're doing. Um, but I mean, you should definitely see at least some results. I never promise. I never, so you never promise you just like, Hey, let me try it and let me see what I can do. And I, if we, we, we all win. Right. I mean, usually they're obvious changes, right? They might have two word bullet points and only three bullet points are, are filled. Well, no, I'm going to drill you down on that now. Okay. So we know what you want, expect from me, the customer now. I want to take. I want you to give away a little bit of your secret sauce. How you approach this? Oh, well, I mean, the easiest way. For, you mean when when I'm approaching? Yeah. So you no 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 no. You you agreed. You and I agreed that you're going to sell my water bottle. You you say, hey, I think I can do some things for you. Okay, I buy into it. I you're charming. You're witty, cute. I'm ready. Okay, you then take off and you're like, okay, here's Steve, in the, or this is Sean in the laboratory. Here's what I'm going to do. So can you tell us a few things of what your, what your approach is for that? Sure. I mean, so I'll, I'll try to take the best-selling product that needs help. Um, and what by help, I mean poor pictures, poor bullet points, poor title, um, you know, missing keywords throughout the listing, things like that. Um, and I will try to improve that product specifically, um, if, you know, just overhaul the listing. I, I go through optimizing it. I mean, it's really an optimization. Yeah, of of course, totally optimizing, go through, you know, a full uh, keyword research, um, do a full analysis of all the, the competitors, what they're, you know, what, what they're using in their listings, um, as far as infographics and things like that, what keywords they're using in their listings, it's where scope is going to come in. Um, so basically just to optimize their listing the best that you can. Um, and then, run ads, I, you know, with a lot, with a lot of those keywords that you're, you know, those main keywords, you're going to run ads to. Um, and if it's a, you know, if it's a popular product getting traffic, then you're, you're going to see some sales through those ads as long as it's a decent product. Now let's just pause a second because I think this is really important. So let's go back to my water bottle. It sells for 30 bucks, but it's hardly selling. Okay. The market price is 30 bucks. Let's just keep it there magically. So are you building into the model, you know, the wholesale cost? Are you saying to me, the bottle seller, Steve, you have to eat some of these advertising costs? Or are you sitting there saying, I'm going to get a lesser margin on the startup because I'm going to try and build this product's rank? No, I'm fine with taking a lesser margin. Um, I'm not going to approach a brand when I just started the relationship and try to get advertising dollars and try to get money for pictures and things like that. I'm going to do what I can. Um, at this point, you know, I can afford to invest a little bit of money into a brand. And even if it doesn't take off and I don't ever make any money off of it, you know, a couple hundred bucks isn't going to kill me. It's worth the risk to me. So I will, you know, invest the time and money in improving those things, um, and running those ads without, without expectation of of the brand helping out. I, I do those things and then I go to them kind of with a report two weeks later. Um, here's what your listing used to look like. Here's what it looks like now. Um, you you were not on any ads for these not on any ad placement for these keywords. Um, now we're at the top of page one for you know running these ads. This is the sales we've got in the last two weeks. Um, you know just go to them with a little bit of a of a report of what you've done. If you see any improvement in in rank things like that. And that's not gloating. That's real. Yeah, no, that's not gloating at all. I mean, you t- you know you show them ninety day sales sales rank average was sixty thousand after these changes in you know in the last week we've seen it go down to, to 40,000 consistently over the last week. You know what I mean? It, it's, they're, they're tangible things you can see. And, and I mean, anyone would agree, any brand owner would agree that a, a two word 
a three word bullet point is not, you know, or a title with only two or three words is not satisfactory or having one picture that's blurry is not, is not portraying their brand the way that they would like it to. So if you do any of these things, and even if you're, I mean, you don't have to be an expert at all these things. If you're, you know, halfway decent and you complete all of the, the, the listing, it, it will be, I mean, it'll be a, a total, a total change, uh, for the brand owner. And they'll, I mean, they'll be thankful. You know what I mean? Obviously they have these sellers that are selling the product and none of them took the time to do it. Why not? Um, and that, you know, that's what I try to ask them. What you have these sellers, why has no one else done this for you? Um, yeah, and that's, that's a, that's that's kinda, a valid question. That's kind of how I get the conversation started to limiting mm -hmm. the number of sellers. And not all brand owners are going to be open to it. Some brand owners have had relationships with certain, uh, certain, you know, certain uh, vendors for, you know, years, and they're not going to sever that relationship just because you helped them out a little bit on Amazon. And you have to accept that uh, sometimes. But, um, but someday that's a long game. What you're you're doing a Gary V there? You're playing right. a long game that someday they might, um, they might. Uh, when they need help, you're the guy because you delivered and you didn't, you know, you walked away like, okay, you know, hey, I didn't get it or, you know, whatever. But that's a relationship. That's a long play. And la launching new products. Um, I have a product that I just, I just launched maybe three, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago or so. And um, the brand they have right now, they have like 14 sellers. They're, he's working, the brand owner's working to get it down to uh, seven. And, um, it's it's been difficult. He's, I guess he's having cash flow issues, so he keeps accepting orders. Um, and it, it is what it is, but this new product that he just came out with um, is a complementary product to the original, and he's selling them as a bundle now. Ooh. So I am the only one that's allowed to sell this bundle. That right there is gold. I mean— Yeah, a higher price, right? So that means technically— uh, your the pick and pack fee is the same, right? No matter if it's you know, yeah, so yeah. you're going to make more money on that. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I make fifty percent more profit on mm -hmm. that on that order. Um, I mean, it, it's not selling quite as much as the, the the single unit, but I mean, it it that that product is making me really good money already. And I know, you know, I've done enough for this brand that, that I can I can trust that that's not going to get swept. That brand is not going to get taken out from me. Um, you know, I, I have I have confidence in that. Um, so it, you know, that, and every time they come out with a new product, I, I, I'm confident that we'll be the first one to launch it. We'll be the first one uh, to sell it, and there may only be one or two other sellers ever um, because of the issues that he's having with other products. Um, he's and not hassles. Going, You're not giving him a hassle. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Like and like I said, I, we don't. I don't charge for it. We we created the listing, did the pictures. Set up PPC, you know, and and we don't we're not going to charge brands for it. Um, occasionally, um, we'll get we'll reach out to wholesale prospects, and they think they think we're pitching our services uh, as like you know as a service instead of trying to buy their product wholesale and doing these things as an added value. Because they're used to getting pitch services, right? Nobody does what you're describing, right? Not not many people do, hmm. uh, and a lot of people. I, I think I think most people they might not want to admit it, but they don't want to put forth the work in, unless there's a guarantee of a payoff. All right. Good and luck. I mean, you know, I was I was reluctant at first. I, I was just trying to get wholesale accounts that were easy, um, but then you realize, like I said before, the margins shrink. New sellers come on. If they're easy for you, if that account was easy for you to get, it's easy for the next twenty sellers to get, and eventually that margin is all going to erode. Um, so you really. To me, I, I look for products that are long-term products, and I know I can provide value, enough value that it's going to make it worth it for that brand owner to keep me on no matter what. Um, so that's kind of my goal now. I think you've done a great job explaining why, because this, this question comes up a lot, why should I put invest in building somebody else's brand? I should only worry about building my own brand. What you're describing is you took a course in private label, and you have a, you have a skill set. There's that movie, right? What's his name? Um, Taken. Uh, you have a particular set of skills, and you're applying them while you're building your own brand. To me, that's the value, right? You, you, you've, and and you get proof of concept, and you can test, and you can do things with somebody else's brand. They're the one bringing the hundred or the containers of, from China. You're not, and so right. I, I think there's real value in doing that. And, hey, and it's, best description it's, yet. It's a diversification to me. Oh um, yeah, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, because as we've 
as we've spoken about, as we were talking about in the pre-show, like there are issues with private label too. Um, well, let's can- let's get to them because we are going to run out of time, and I don't want to. We also have to get to Ashley because I don't <laughs> want to miss this now. Because I think it's important to understand that while, to me, all right, let's go right there right now. This business that you, this life, this job that you created that you like, I like that description. You created a job you like, um, wouldn't have happened, but it also allowed you to just get married and take off for how long and, uh, and, and all those different things, right? Without her, I mean, it's, it's all related, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Without, I mean, without her supporting me, yeah, um, you know, being behind what I'm doing, you know, it, I'd be miserable. You know, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know what I mean? With if, 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 if I You had... should see the way she looks in his eyes. She does. <laughs> she does uh, worship you and, and vice versa. I mean, that's cool. Dude, you know, I feel that way. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Without, without her, it would definitely be, um, I mean, it would be difficult. She, uh, let's be honest, she doesn't do a whole lot of actual, <laughs> actual work in the business. Um, but I mean, she plays, she's a, plays a pivotal role. That's for sure. All right, and you got married, so I, I want to congratulate you on that. Okay, yeah. so um, last thing I want to talk about, because I think this is a good example. Um, you had two products, and they happen to both be in my warehouse. I hope that's not a sign. <laughs> um, one was uh, 27 different SKUs, and outside of your control, Amazon flagged it as hazmat. And not even hazmat. Not dude. even hazmat, just wacky. Just yeah, exp- whatever, right? Totally, Without, totally gone from and, this. But wait, let's just do this too. And your private label product, which is big and heavy, um, you you're hit with tariffs. And I guess my my point, and it was kind of what we were talking about earlier in the call. And I I call Sean for advice because he's gone through a whole bunch of problems with these things. These are outside of your control, both of them, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these ones I can honestly say there is nothing I could have possibly done to prevent these from happening. In both scenarios, I, mean, I could have not. I could have not placed that order with, with the product that, that got flagged. But I mean, um, this wasn't the first year I sold it. I, this is a, we've been selling it on Amazon for the past three years, and the first two years we had no issue at all. Um, so I mean, it, it, things happen out of your control. You just it is what it is. You just have to pick up, move on, do what you can do. Well, that that's where I want to go is you pick up and move on. So let's ignore the explosive thing because it is what it is. You just run. Everybody knows how you play whack-a-mole, jumping on other listings, just trying to get them, get rid of them, right? We all know that. Okay? Everybody, we're not going to teach anybody anything new. <laughs> However, in your your large product that has a tariff that's cutting into your margin, cutting into your margin, cutting into your margin, you are doing something about it. And it was it was so cool to hear that. So talk talk for just a brief moment about what you're able to do without giving any anything away. Well, my, I mean, my product is going to be a little bit different than most, but I mean, for oversized products, um, I mean, the, the, the biggest, the biggest thing is the, the shipping, right? The shipping and, and fulfillment fees for Amazon. So are both higher, significantly higher too. I mean, it's not like a little bit higher. They're materially higher, correct? Right, right. For, uh, standard size ends at, I believe it's the longest side can't be more than 18 inches. The medium side can't be more than 15 inches and the shortest side can't be more than, uh, nine inches, I believe. Right around there. So uh, I'm doing everything I can to shrink my product, basically. Um, I mean, it's, it's literally getting cut apart. It's to- totally like redesigned to fit inside of a package that is under 17 inches. Um, and I mean, that, that's going to save me. I mean, it's going to cut the, the cost by at least a third. Um, it's going to save me multiple dollars in Amazon fulfillment fees. I'll be able to fit three times as many units on a container to get here. Oh, if, uh, storage costs at your warehouse. You're gonna get a little. You're gonna get a little less business from me because oh, the product is gonna be a third of the size. Um, and I mean, I've been working with the manufacturer for over a month to try to to try to get it done right, so the integrity of the product isn't compromised, um, so that the quality is still there. And I mean, it's been difficult. We've had to go through. This is the this is the third like iteration that I'm getting. I have hopefully this is it. Hopefully this final sample is on its way here. Um, I just got an email last night that it shipped out yesterday. So hopefully this will be ready for production. But I mean it's if you if, if the product if you think you have a winning product and you have to try to figure out a way to make it work. And everyone else is dealing with these tariffs too. 
Right. Um, yeah, that's the good news is that right. when you're being challenged, everybody else, but a bunch of people are going in the corner. My wife hates when I say this, and they're going to suck their thumb and say, oh, man, I lost that product. I failed. I failed, Sean. Nope. You're not no, failing. I'm, I'm going to try to figure it out. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe it will be a fail. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe at some point, I don't know, something, something happens, again, out of my control, and there's just nothing I can do, and I have to drop the product. But, I mean, I put a lot of time and work into the product, and – um, I'm not ready to give up on it yet. I do think there, like I said, I do think there are things that can be done. And um, if I'm willing to do something that no one else is willing to do, then I'm, you know, I'm going to reap benefits that no one else is going to reap. Oh, Jesus, that was deep. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here, no, I'm thinking about this because I think it's such an important point. You know, like you say, the shipping fees, they're not going to go down, right? The storage fees on the oversized stuff, it's only going to go up, guaranteed. Right. So addressing that now, because you have a winning product, addressing that and figuring a way out, that's an e-myth model. You're working on your business now. You're building it for the long game. And to me, no matter if it's Amazon or whoever it's going to be next, who's going to be the next e-commerce company out there, you're in a position to win because you have a big competitive advantage over those who didn't take the time to figure all this out. So, man... You get inspired talking to you, and you're half my age, dude. You're killing me here. I, I, you're you're the age of my son, and you got more wisdom uh, than I do. And it's just so cool because, again, I think it's um, I think it's your temperament. I think you're willing to look at it, study it, figure it out, and push past it. Um, and you got Ashley pushing you from the back, so that's not a bad thing. All right. So if somebody has some follow up questions for this, would you mind if I pop in your uh, Facebook contact? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Anyone can reach out. I'm, um, I'll get back to you as quick as I can. Um, I'm open book. I think it's, I th I, again, and he's, he means that, um, very helpful. He's helped me a tremendous amount. Okay. So the last, the last thing I always ask everyone, as you know, is what's something that can get that person unstuck? How do they push past that? How do they figure out that they need to be working on their packaging and using an outside company? That's a, there's a give and take there, but that allowed them. How, how do you suggest somebody push past that point of stuck? Um, to me, everyone is different. So it, there is no, you know, there is no one thing that's going to get everyone unstuck. To me, everyone has, you have to stay in your lane. What, what do you want? What are your goals? What are your strengths? Um, you, you know, you're different than, than other people. Again, my goals are not to be a millionaire. So I have a lot, I'm doing a lot of different things than Liron is doing, yeah. right? I mean, he is a, he's amazing. But that's not he's me. Yoda, right? And I I can never try to be him. It, you know what I mean? It, it, so don't try to be other people. Stay in your lane. I, it goes back to comparing yourself with others. Um, it's 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 just do what you can do, and don't try to be someone else. Love it, dude. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so so much. Thank you, Steve. Good talking to you. What a great guy. Hopefully that was very informative to, for you. Um, it was for me. Um, you know, he really helped me understand dropshipping a little bit better. He helped me understand uh, brand management a lot better. Um, we take the same. It's funny, in the after call, we, we, we both take the same approach. We both know some of the same vendors. and um, But I get tips from him every single time. And I think his point, you know, if there's a reason to take the private label course, like I think Andy's course is closed, but there's a reason right there is to learn how to do all those things he's talking about. That's powerful. And then you go back and apply it to your wholesale accounts. You win, right? Well, I'm not doing private label. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But you're building a brand and you're able to build, even if you're building somebody else's brand. I just think it's powerful stuff. And man, what a what a great example. So reach out to him. And again, reach out to him if you're looking for a warehouse. Um, we're a no frills warehouse we're not prep company we don't do all those things we're looking for private label only um he's a good example of somebody who uses us and, and ask him about it because um, it's not all good all the time because nothing's good all the time uh, maybe ice cream but i'm not allowed to eat that on keto so anyway ecommercemomentum.com ecommercemomentum.com take it thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast all the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number please remember to subscribe and like us on itunes